Welcome to Props and Hops, powered by Dimers.com. I'm your host, Matt Landis, and this is part five of the Bet Bash bonus series. Here today with pro better Rufus Peabody. Rufus, welcome back to Props and Hops for another round. Good to be here again, Matt. I think that a lot of people listening to this conversation will be well aware of who you are and what you're up to. But in case any listeners may be unacquainted or could use a bit of a refresher, could we kick things off with just an elevator pitch on your background? Um, I bet on sports for a living. I have for the last 13 years. I Before that, I worked for Las Vegas Sports Consultants for a year, um, a company that set odds for or, or provided opening odds for the majority of the Nevada sports books at the time. Um, prior to that, I studied economics at Yale University, where I wrote my senior thesis on psychological inefficiencies in the baseball betting market. So I'm clearly a sports numbers nerd. And as we get into the even more recent past, uh, recently on the Bet the Process podcast with your co-host Jeff Ma, you chronicled a bit of a road trip you took from Seattle to Vegas to be present for Bet Bash this weekend. Um, any highlights from a road trip like that? I know part of it, it seemed like I think you paused somewhere in Oregon to record that episode of Bet the Process. But any other noteworthy stops or highlights along the way? Um, it was, it was a long trip. It was, you know, I, I didn't want to have to, to do it. I've, I've been, you know, let's see, I've done like 11 cross country trips in my life now. So, um, this is not a cross country trip, but it was an unfortunate reality when I spent five weeks in Montana and needed a car there. So, um, and then I had a friend's art gallery opening in Seattle. So I jetted over there and I had to get home and get the car home. So, um, you know, one of those, um, long, day and a half, but uh, made the best of it and caught up on some podcasts and talked to Jeff. Nice. Yeah, hopefully uh, a little bit of something to take this thing off of. I don't know what gas is pushing across different states here in LA. It's north of $6 a gallon, so quite the time for a trek like that as well. Yeah, it, it was pricey. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you've made it safely to Vegas. Myself, plenty of others will benefit, I'm sure, from your presence at Bet Bash 2 this weekend. And I'd like to rewind a bit because we first met at Bet Bash 1 last summer. And I'm wondering if you have any takeaways from your experience attending that event, maybe how that could be informing your approach to Bet Bash 2, or perhaps any tips for first time attendees in Vegas this weekend. I think the biggest tip is related to alcohol consumption and pacing yourself. Um, yes. I think. Yeah, the, the the day after was not pleasant, and you know it, it just it's just that it went on for a long period of time, and you're socializing and drinking, and it just you know sometimes you you drink a little more than you anticipated, and so that's you know, given that it's what I mean, I guess it kicks off officially on Saturday, but I have things going on Thursday and Friday nights too, you know, so it's five straight days. Um, that so you know I'm not. I'm not going to be able to drink every night. I'm not going to, I don't want to drink every night. Of the, so I, I would say my takeaways are, uh, um, yeah, pace yourself with the drinking and, um, and try to, I would say I have trouble remembering names sometimes, especially if you're meeting a ton of people. Um, maybe I'm trying to give myself advice here, but maybe I should like write down names of people I met so that I remember um, just because, especially if you've been drinking, you might not always remember all the details. Um, you, yeah, you're like, who was that guy who had that great conversation with about this and this, you know? So Yeah, I, I think those two tips are nicely related to one another. And I'll echo what you said about pacing yourself. I mean, whether it's a first-timer or a seasoned veteran, 
the first bet bash was quite a whirlwind just a few hours and even though this one is extending from a few hours to a few days probably still gonna have that whirlwind feel everybody trying to maximize the experience as much as possible but even though this podcast you know all about the hops and good beer making the most of bet bash by no means uh requires to you know try to maximize alcohol consumption over the course of three or four days i know it's vegas it'll be a good time but I think one of the reasons it's especially going to be valuable for people to pace themselves, there's quite an agenda in store, a lot of good networking and, and knowledge to be gained from this. And I'm wondering, Rufus, if there's anything over the course of the few days that's on the Bet Bash official agenda, any sessions that you might be looking forward to the most? Honestly, I'm just going to play it by ear. I'm just going to go and talk to people and you know, I don't know. I don't. I don't have. I don't have a huge agenda. Um, my brother's going to be be there, which is going to be nice too. He'll, he'll have. I, I'm going to have him having a little more of an official agenda, so I'll have to so I'll free myself up a little bit. But um, no, I'm just going to see where the winds take me. Nice. And does that maybe free up time for any non-bet bash official experiences that you have that you're looking forward to? Let's say from Thursday to Monday or Tuesday, a lot of people will be in town from all over the country perhaps some internationally as well. Um, I, I know you enjoy a good round of golf when you can get that in anything, you know, not on the bet bash agenda, but that you'll be able to take advantage of because of bet bash coming to Vegas this weekend. I wouldn't say it's because of, well, I guess probably tangentially because of bet bash. Um, I have a round of golf on Sunday afternoon with some friends, um, you know, various dinners, um, cocktail party tomorrow night, um, you know, just different, different activities. Yeah, it's going to be uh, just an embarrassment of riches when it comes to the options that so many people are going to have over the few days that Bet Bash is taking place. And beyond any sessions people will be attending or networking gatherings, I know as a pro better, it could be a great opportunity to uh, maybe get inside your mind a little bit when it comes to, uh, let's see, there's the Final Four going on, the Masters right around the corner, the NFL draft market continuing to develop. I guess starting with the final four, do you have any thoughts? Um, the stadium swim watch party for UNC Duke should be one of the highlights of Bet Bash for a lot of people. Not sure if you're going to be there, but whether you'll be there or not, um, any any bets you have uh, in the sites for, let's say, UNC Duke or Villanova, Kansas before that on Final Four Saturday? I have no action on, on college basketball. I don't bet basketball. My only basketball action was from um, the Bet the Process Calcutta and all my teams were eliminated the first weekend. So, um, so nothing to really root for, except I'll probably just pull for the underdogs and stadium swim is an amazing experience. So I'm looking forward to being there. What's, I don't even know what time the games are. Are they afternoon games or night games? Let's Take see. Time. Let me check my handy unabated odd screen. And it oh, looks yeah, like we've got 3.09 PM for Villanova, Kansas and 5.49 PM Pacific for UNC oh. Duke. Oh, that'll be Duke. UNC will be perfect. Is like, cause I think, You'll have sunset around seven o'clock. So as the you know second half gets underway, it'll be really pretty out there. Late late afternoon is in Vegas is is the most beautiful time. Yeah, agreed. I've I've told a few other people I've spoken with as part of this series. I think it might be the best time to have that stadium swim watch party because um, a lot of others I've spoken to might not bet a ton of college basketball or like myself in pools had some exposure on the likes of Gonzaga and Arizona and Kentucky. And when the three odds on favorites at the start of the tournament all fail to advance past the Sweet 16, that can feel a little bit deflating. 
but you know, maybe I'll make just a random bet to have a small rooting interest or with no rooting interest in the games whatsoever. A scene like stadium swim might still be an even better final four experience than sitting on my couch, rooting things in from home. So plenty to look forward to there. And I, I know that again, once final four weekend wraps up and we have the title game on Monday, it's a quick turnaround to the masters. And I think circa, uh, just earlier today, if I'm not mistaken, we're recording this Wednesday afternoon Pacific time. I think Circa got to market pretty early on some props for the Masters. And I'm wondering, without tipping your hand too much, I know golf is your bread and butter, um, but any angles for some up-and-coming bettors who might just be looking for something possibly, you know, a little plus EV or to minimize their exposure to some loss during the Masters if they want some action? Any general pointers? Um, you know, not really. I'm not going to get into anything regarding projections, but I, I would say just be aware of the hold in the market you're betting into. So Circa Circa has by far the lowest hold, or at least they have in the past for Masters outrights. I mean, if you're betting into a market with a 15% theoretical hold for a future, you know, a market with 90 different runners in it, um, you know, that's that's much more appealing than than 40%. And and similarly, like. You know, betting into matchups and things like that, two-way markets, you're always going to be dealing with a lot less of a hold there. So, um, you know, I would, uh, yeah, that, that, that's all I got. Sorry. I like it. No, it's, I think that could parlay into the NFL draft conversation because there are so many options, you know, in golf outright winners, top 10s, top 20s, and so on. And the NFL draft, who's going to be the first overall pick? Now we're seeing markets for who's going to be the second overall pick, you know, um, who's going to be the first player at each position that gets drafted. And it's not to say that there can't be value there, but I think to your point about hold percentages, so often the way you want to look is bets with binary outcomes, a yes, no, or an over under bets like that with just two options when it comes to grading. And, you know, maybe in that sense, there's a bit of a parallel I hadn't thought of before between a golf market and the NFL draft betting market. Do you bet the NFL draft at all? I don't, I've never made an NFL draft bet. It's, it's an inside information game. It really is. And I think it's one of these things that the books offer just because they have to at this point, and they're just hoping to break even. So I think there are definitely opportunities betting the draft. You just need to do the, you know, take the time, do the research, um, be up to date on information, um, understand uncertainty. And, and I think sometimes the biggest thing is, is um, things can change, you know, and, and things can change quite drastically. Um, especially as teams kind of try to disguise what they're thinking. And so, you know, you can have a quarterback that a month before the draft looks like he's not even going to be a first-round pick, and then suddenly he's a top-five pick. And I think Baker Mayfield, the year he went first overall, was talked about as a late first-round pick um, around the time of the combine. So things are changing, and if you can kind of take advantage of some of this, um, some of books maybe pricing in a little too much certainty, there can be some value, I'm sure. Yeah, that reminds me, even last year with the number three overall pick, everybody was wondering what the Niners would do. And for a while, most of the conversation was Mac Jones or Justin Fields. And then come draft day, a few hours before the draft, anybody who was in front of a screen and tracking this uh, could have seen that, you know, somebody knew something and somebody had let the cat out of the bag because Lance clearly uh, became a heavy favorite to go number three. And like a lot of things, shopping lines and, and looking to minimize the hold percentage, I, I think that those are strong foundational components of anybody looking to bet the NFL draft or the Masters or pretty much anything else for that matter. And Rufus, as we talk about some of these skill sets and habits of good bettors, I'd also like to ask uh, somebody in your position what you might consider to be your superpower, for lack of a better term. I know that 
even for pro betters, you know, nobody can expect to be the best in the world at everything. You kind of have to pick and choose your spots. So what do you think it is that you do best that has fueled your success the most over the years? Ooh, that's a tough question. I would say, I would say hackiness, the ability, which kind of, I guess that kind of goes with sort of critical thinking, creative thinking, the ability to find an inelegant, imperfect solution to a problem where there is no perfect solution. And to just be able to take something from start to finish, you know, I'm not the best at I'm not the best at any individual thing I do, but I can hustle and, and I can do all the things and put it together. And I think number two, I'd have to say is resilience. I think that, you know, you go through peaks and valleys, every better does. When you're, when you're on a down streak, when you're on a losing streak, it can be hard mentally. And I think the strength for me is that when things are going poorly, that's what motivates me to work harder. I think, you know, and honestly, I think it parallels to life too. When, you know, when, when things are going well, you can kind of just be on cruise control. Um, you know, honestly, when things are going well for me in my life, I kind of don't take care of the spiritual side of me very much and, and things like that. But then when things are going poorly, that's sort of your chance for growth. And that's when you have, you sort of have to work on yourself. You have to, um, it's when you can make the most strides as a person and kind of just like in betting. I can speak firsthand to the quality of your resilience based on the conference championship Sunday slate, the NFC title game. I had the pleasure of joining Dave Damashek and Evan Rosenblum for an in-game live broadcast experience. And you joined us. And even though the NFC title game went under pretty comfortably, I think every player prop that you would bet under somehow ended up going over in the fourth quarter. And we're talking in real time. And you've got serious exposure as things are just going completely sideways. And the way that you maintain your composure was, I think, my biggest takeaway from that entire day. And I've heard the same thing from friends that watched and from, you know, Dave and Evan just being part of that interview. So I think that if you can do that with, you know, six figure swings on the line, then people who are betting a lot less can also, you know, practice themselves in that area. And to that end, for somebody who might be more of an up and coming better listening to this conversation, when it comes to the notion of finding imperfect solutions or trying to hone their own resilience um, between those who are perhaps anything else, what might come to mind if you're to recommend like a most important skill for an up and coming better to focus on? Um, I would say, you know, without getting into sort of technical details, find a way to be able to test things. So, you know, my quantitative skills allow me to, to, I guess, pose questions and then answer them. And so, and then I can look and see how good my answers are. You know, I can compare it to a market and I can see, hey, does this work? Does this not work? And so from that, you can iterate and, and continue to get better. I think we've seen that practice directly when we look at something like Unabated. I know you're involved in that with Captain Jack Andrews and, and a strong team there. And one of the bigger recent updates with Unabated has been the paywall coming up. I think it's been a long time coming. It's crazy to me how long people were able to benefit from the service completely for free. And even now, I know there's plenty that people can access without having to go behind the paywall. Uh, but with that recent update, is there anything that you can share for the audience a, a little bit about the cost and what's included for those who do want to invest for that more premium experience? Yeah, so we're, we're, we're continuing to evolve first off. but And, and I know that 
having something that was free and suddenly cost money is you know, people anchor to the free, which makes it a little more difficult to justify paying for it. But, you know, we've, we didn't want to put anything behind a paywall until we felt like we were at a point where, you know, um, where it, we could justify it. I mean, cause we're still working out kinks and we're going to continue to do that. And we're, and we're building out a ton of new products, but right now what's included is uh, you have a, an odd screen with, with real time feeds from market making books as well as you have all the U.S. books and everything like that. Uh, you have the trading tools for, uh, for pregame. So it integrates with these tools. So, you know, you can, you can compare lines between money lines, um, markets, um, just game point spread markets. Um, and, and as well as we have the in-game trading tools for college basketball that integrates with the odd screen. So you can price out alternate lines uh, in-game. And we we're going to be rolling out an NBA version of that soon. We're going to be we're building something for baseball and football uh, coming as well. And um, also you have uh, you have uh, the Discord. You have all the articles by Captain Jack. You have the NFL sim. You have the NFL simulator. You have the NBA props simulator. You're going to have the NFL props. Well, the NBA props simulator is going to launch soon. You have the NFL props simulator um, during the football season. And again, we are we're just sort of scratching. We're at the tip of the iceberg in terms of what we're offering now, and I think um, you're going to see that you're going to see a, a sort of steady stream of new product offerings that that are included with the subscription. Sounds like a pretty full toolbox there, and I also gather that there's been a pretty full spectrum when it comes to feedback with the paywall going up. You touched on a couple of things. I've seen people note that, I don't know, what if other line services want to just copy lines or what if books want to subscribe and use your information against betters or the price point caters to high rollers. It's not accessible to everybody. I think a lot of that feedback was anticipated. It's kind of to be expected yeah. when the paywall goes up for something like this. And that doesn't in any way imply that it detracts from the quality of the product. Uh, with that said, based on the feedback that you've gotten from a lot of your target audience, um, any thoughts on some of the common things that you've heard, good or bad, and how that might shape the outlook for Unabated moving forward? Yeah, I think it's tough because you know you want to you want to try to satisfy as many people as you can, and there's certain people that certainly you know are bigger, better than others. And I mean, I think the problem is that it's it's we we view it as a premium product. I mean, I don't think anybody else has sort of these in-game trading tools or the live trading tools integrated with the odd screen, um, you know, and so it. If we if we price it too low, we're going to be. Yeah, I mean, sure, we'll we'll get a lot more betters, but a lot a lot more subscriptions, but we won't really be able to. To, I mean, I, we don't think that really justifies the, I guess the the value of what we're 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 bringing. Um, which it it is kind of too bad though, because I would like you know I think, and it's I would like to have it be something that that can help all betters. And so I think at some point we might have some other version of it that can, you know, a lower price um, thing. But right now we're still we're still at the point where we're just trying to build out products and sort of, you know, we're going to have we're going to have issues that come along and we're going to have to deal with them. And, you know, at this point we're, um, I guess, having more tiered subscription types of thing is, is something that we're, we're going to focus on a little bit further um, down the line. Um, but in terms of. Um, you know, I, I knew there would probably be some blowback from this. It, honestly, there hasn't been nearly as much blowback as I as I expected uh, about the paywall coming up. Um, but you know, I'm I'm open to I'm open to all criticism. So please, if 
you know, if, if people have issues, like I, I'd love to hear about them. I mean, we're, we're not perfect. We're trying to get better. And um, that's kind of what we're going to be continuing to do. Sounds like there's plenty to keep an eye on moving forward as unabated evolves. And I'd be remiss to let you go, Rufus, without also weeping in a pillar of this podcast, the Molinsky Minute, a nod to the late, great David Molinsky. And when I think about um, some things that you've been up to recently that might be related to betting, but more so are rooted in what you're doing to grow as a person, I think of how Dave was that rare breed who seemed to have more than 24 hours in a day like the rest of us get. It was almost unfair how much he knew about everything, how good he seemed to be at everything. And I think a lot of that comes to optimizing productivity, spending time intentionally, a couple of things that I know you've been working on lately and you've been a little bit more public about it on Twitter. I'm wondering if you could describe your approach to this and how that's been going for you lately. So uh, I'm not the most organized person in the world. and. I've been able to kind of fly by the seat of my pants for a long time. I mean, I'm, I'm very good with it. I'm very good at things where I have that, that, that are regular and I'm, you know, when, when thing, when I have less on my plate, I can handle everything. And throughout most of my adult life or, or earlier on in my career, you know, I had you know, one thing that occupied almost all my time or, you know, I, it was basically betting and, and the thing is, is, is I've had more and more demands on my time. It's, it's gotten harder. And so I've realized that I've gotten to a place where I kind of feel burned out and overwhelmed by work and feel like I'm constantly busy and constantly working, but I'm not necessarily getting that much done relative to what I expect and what I used to be able to get done. And so I think a large part of it is just this sort of mental clutter and not really having, um, I don't need to spend as much time on work as I have been. I just need to spend more productive time and more intentional time and have specific tasks I'm working on and just sort of compartmentalize it in my mind. And so that's, that's a big part of it. And the other thing is the fact that I've been saying for you know months that I want to be meditating every day. I want to be working out more regularly. And so, you know, I'm, I keep, it's like wishful thinking, but you know, it doesn't have to be, I can, you know, it's my own responsibility and I can do it. I'm, I'm perfectly capable of doing it. And, that's what I'm doing. I'm five straight days meditating, five straight days going to the gym. Um, I've been been very productive all week and and gone into each day with the plan. And that doesn't mean I can't have time to like be spontaneous and and you know recreate, play golf, etc. Um, but it just means that when I'm working, I want to have something I'm actually like targeting and, and have certain things that I, you know, this is a must do today and, and find time for it. So sort of being more public about this stuff, I think it's been, it's been one of the most rewarding things like I've done in my whole life, I think, because I've gotten a lot of great feedback and a lot of people, you know, dealing with similar things. And I think overall in sort of this social media, Instagram age, where people just share the highlights of their life, I think it's kind of important to kind of talk about things that you're not good at and things you're working on and just, because I think that's, I don't know, people can relate to that stuff, I think. Is we, all, we all have stuff we're working on. We all have stuff we're not good at and, and areas of improvement. And so I think um, it's been rewarding the feedback I get from people. Um, yeah. I think that vulnerability can go a long way. I just before you was able to bring Gil Alexander on for this interview series, and he mentioned even from a betting standpoint, uh, growing his presence over the years by being honest when he loses as well. So it's not just, to your point, the highlights of, oh, here's all my winning tickets or here's how great my life is, but just being real and kind of showing that full spectrum. So I think there's a lot of power to that. 
And um, I think going back, as you were speaking, there's there's a lot to unpack. Some of it will be done uh, in person in Vegas. We won't uh, keep you out here too much longer. But when you mentioned uh, that being you know intentional with your time and trying to optimize for productivity doesn't mean you don't have time to be spontaneous. I'm reminded of one of my first pandemic reads was Atomic Habits by James Clear. And I think it was in that book where it really stood out to me. Yeah, you know, being really regimented with your time, it doesn't mean you don't have freedom or flexibility. It's often planning that in. So it's, hey, if I'm just going to be adamant that, you know, by 6 p.m. or 7 p.m., I'm closing down the computer and I'm going to go for a walk or watch a show with my wife or kids or, you know, whatever people have going on. Um, part of the, you know, structure and however regimented people want to get with their schedule can be a big driving force behind unlocking even more room for spontaneity and freedom. Those aren't necessarily butting heads or contradictory forces. And then one more thing I'd like to underscore just from my personal experience, uh, when you mentioned that five day streak of exercising and meditating every day, first off, if you can keep that going through Bet Bash weekend, all the power in the world to you. Um, but I think it's, it's possible in the sense that exercising and meditating for anybody hearing this who doesn't do either of those two things regularly, it doesn't mean meditating for 30 minutes or an hour every day or exercising is training to run a marathon or, you know, repping more than your weight on the bench press. It can be walking for 10 minutes a day or, you know, I like to use a free portion of the Calm app. There's a breathing exercise. It's just I, I search and Calm Relax and it's a four second inhale and a six second exhale and just doing that for two minutes every morning. I'm sure I could do more, but just making that sort of habit the bar is low enough that it's very repeatable. And some days if you can do more, that's great. But some days if life is getting crazy, um, it just makes it easier to keep those streaks intact so that you're not putting up a zero on any given day because you haven't stacked the deck against yourself by putting the bar too high. And you know what, uh, to, to your point, like yesterday I started meditating. Actually, it's been the last two days I meditated. Um, I was like, you know what, I'm not really feeling it. I'll just do a short meditation. And you know, I, I don't put a timer on it or anything like that. I just meditate until I want to stop meditating. I sit down and then, then you know, and both the, those were maybe the best two meditations of my life. It took, it took like four minutes to get into it or so. And, you know, before that, I was like, oh, you know, uh, like this isn't really, I'm not really going anywhere. I'm, I'm not in the right place. And then suddenly, you know, and then I just, I was just patient and, and I got there. And yesterday I meditated for 40 minutes. I've never meditated for 40 minutes before in my life. So, and it was like the best 40 minutes of my day. Um, but to your point about the sort of, first off, I started Atomic Habits and I actually need to get back to it. That's something I need to put on my list and prioritize because I, I have a bunch of books that I ordered that I want to read and I've read through a few of them and I started Atomic Habits, but I have not uh, continued with it. So I need to do that. But I, I feel like, you know, I'll make an analogy. I think if you have a home base, like a home, you can feel more free in a way traveling versus if you're just jumping from place to place. I think sort of having that in a way, having less, more structure can give you more freedom. Declutter your mind. Just like if you declutter your space, you know, your mind can be free. If you declutter your mind, um, it allows you to, and it allows you to be more, it allows you to be more mindful and to stay in the moment. And I think it's, I think it's immensely powerful. 
I will definitely underscore that. And I realize that this might sound like it's getting a little bit out there for some of this audience. A lot of people who, you know, have a habit of betting or based on certain lifestyles uh, might have no interest in this. But I'll just say keeping it, you know, tied back to the Malinsky minute and the legend that Dave was not just as a better, but a person. One of my biggest lessons from him, uh, to your point, sometimes when it's hardest to break away and do what you know you should probably do. Uh, that can be when it's you know the most valuable and the most necessary. And I was going to say, when you do something like that, when you don't think you're capable of it or when you're not feeling like it, you feel so much more proud of yourself afterwards. Like when it's easy, you don't feel, I don't know, you, you don't get that same feeling of pride, but it's when you do the tough thing that you feel, I don't know, this sense of pride in yourself or a sense of accomplishment. Yeah, it reminds me of my days in high school. I was playing baseball and trying really hard the summer between my sophomore and junior years to like strengthen up and make the varsity team and a lot of hard weightlifting sessions. I would have days where I felt like I might've had a lower output if I just look how many reps at a certain weight I did. Um, but some of those days, the biggest grinds, it might be the worst workout on paper. And it was probably the best one to do more than anything to get those mental reps in and, and keeping this in the spirit of, you know, betting, I think that the more centered somebody can be to your point about if you, you know, if you have a, you know, that sense of groundedness, then in any environment, you can stay pretty level headed. Um, sometimes the more balanced somebody can be outside of betting, you know, break away from the screen, take a walk, go for a hike, eat a good meal, whatever it may be, socialize with friends that can really sharpen the focus. Once you get back into it, we get diminishing returns at a certain point. If we're just trying to grind eight, 10, 12 plus hours a day and, you know, in a sense, everything in life, if we're focusing our efforts, you know, on the right things and being intentional uh, to, you know, the point of what you've been working on lately, I think that some of it might seem like it's wholly unrelated to betting, but in some ways it might be the way to just squeeze out these, you know, small edges here and there to sharpen the focus when we get back into it. And that can sometimes be the difference between, you know, winning or losing certain bets that we decide to make. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll relate an anecdote. I, I had a, um, this is what, two years ago. Um, I had a, a flight to Philadelphia um, to see my my ex's father, um, and I realized I got on the flight. I didn't have my computer on me. I realized I forgot my computer, and so I had nothing to do. You know, I, I had all this work I was planning on doing, and so I just kind of thought and wrote down thoughts. And it actually, it, it was like maybe the most productive day, most beneficial day in, in in a long time for me because you know I stepped away and like it allowed my brain space to think rather than just and then and then when I got back and did work, it was more targeted because I had a chance to really think about what was important and sort of plan things out. And so that's, I think having space away can really um, help your work be a lot more focused. Yeah. Wow. Rufus, I think these last five or 10 minutes have been uh, some of the best conversing I've done. Maybe since the last bet bash this past <laughs> summer, I'm looking forward to more of it coming up here. Um, I want to make sure before we go ahead and, you know, break away from the screen, practice what we preach, and maybe clear heads in our own ways. I want to plug your work so people can know where to find you if they're not doing so already. On Twitter, at Rufus Peabody. If you see the dog name license plate in the header image, you found the right profile. Yeah. Also, the co-host of the Bet the Process podcast, along with Jeff Ma, leading the way at unabated.com. Is there anything I'm missing or anything else you'd like to add? Uh, no, I think that's it. Cool. All right. Well, I will go ahead and let everybody know that that'll do it for this episode of the Bet Bash bonus series. 
here on Props and Hops, powered by Dimers.com. If you've enjoyed it, I'd encourage you to check out the Dimers Podcast Network at Dimers.com slash podcasts for even more gambling content. And tomorrow, the Cavalcade of Stars continues. But for now, Rufus, once again, thank you for your time and insight, and I'll look forward to connecting in person again during Bet Bash. Thanks, Matt. I can't wait for it, and I really, really enjoyed the conversation. Props and-